You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome to another broadcast of Diakonia, the call to service. Diakonia is that Greek word which is the root for deacon. It is a Greek word that means service, and so it has been adopted by the deacons to define who and what deacon is supposed to be doing. My name is Deacon Richard Hudzik, and I'm privileged to serve the Archdiocese of Chicago as vicar for deacons in the office of the diaconate. I also get to work and pray with the good people in Westchester at Mary Mother of Divine Grace Parish. And joining me as per usual, although joining remotely, uh, digitally, is Deacon Dave Brensick, who's the Associate Director of the office. And uh, Dave is uh, also Deacon at Holy Guardian Angels Parish in Brookfield and LaGrange Park. And there is his smiling visage for those who have uh, video capabilities on this broadcast. Good morning, David. Hello, everyone. So uh, we uh, will be, Dave and I will be cross-examining uh, an illustrious guest who is also uh, present to us digitally. Uh, but this is, uh, just by way of preface, this is a show that uh, is uh, an opportunity afforded to the diaconate to talk about the general call to service for all of God's people, not exclusively for the deacons. But the, the angle of the show, if you will, our hook is that we will uh, talk about things that are of peculiar or particular interest to the diaconate and hopefully then invite folks into walking and journeying with us or offering us uh, insights into the meaning of service. And uh, for today's show, we're, we've invited into uh, our conversation uh, uh a gentleman well known to the uh, uh, to the Archdiocese of Chicago. It's Vince Gerasoli, and Vince works for the Archdiocese in the area of media, and his title is Director of Multimedia Contact. Vince, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Although in all reality, I'm just across the hall. That's from you. that's true. I can <laughs> I can kind of see the light in your. In your window over there, yeah, but uh, you might see. We're, we continue to take our COVID precautions yeah, here. Right. Yeah. So we're we're right. each. Yeah. Right. No, that's good. Good. So so welcome. I don't have. Have you been interviewed yet on your own uh, broadcasts? Uh, no, I've had to fill in just a few times when someone's been sick or they haven't been able to make it. But no, this is the first time I'm in the hot seat. Okay. <laughs> well. I'm sure you're up to, up to the challenge. Um, anyway, we're also expecting you to jump in when, when uh, Dave and I encounter dead air time and uh, call upon your, your professional background. But um, t tell us something uh, about yourself. Um, 
you know, your, 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 your brief bio, where you, where you hail from and family and uh, previous uh, experience in, in the world of media. What's your story? Well, I always start off with the fact that uh, I'm from Italian descent. I was raised by immigrant grandparents and, and my own parents, but I'm very proud of my background. My family came mostly from the Abruzzo section of Italy and uh, just uh, growing up around folks who spoke a different language and uh, made significant sacrifices to come to our country really was a, a building block in uh, my character, I guess uh, you could say, or the things that sort of motivated me. Mm-hmm. So I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but I came to Chicago a long time ago to Northwestern University, uh, where I studied political science and Italian. Then I moved to Italy for a while and I taught high school. Uh, and then I came back to Chicago and I worked on the, my master's program, again, in journalism at Northwestern University. Uh, and I spent uh, about 33 years in the traditional broadcast journalism world. I, I worked all over, uh, but the gra- vast majority of that was here in Chicago at WBBM Television, uh, where I did all sorts of things. I was uh, a reporter. I was an anchor. Uh, the vast majority of that time, I was, was called a feature reporter. So I covered um, whistling postmen and great things happening around town. Uh, I truly enjoyed that uh, part of my life. And then... Uh, About 18, 20 months ago, there was an opportunity uh, in the middle of COVID uh, to uh, come on board here at the Archdiocese. And this was already a well-oiled machine, and it was just basically uh, sit in the driver's seat and don't make the bus uh, veer too much to the left or veer much to the right. But there are also wonderful opportunities ahead as our media landscape changes. And uh, that's where I find myself here. We're trying to do some new things. One of the new things that you're looking at right now is the fact that the staff had wanted to put together a streaming service for our morning radio programs, and that's what we do. So not only can you hear us on WNBC, but you can also see us on our YouTube channel, uh, which is Catholic Chicago. Mm-hmm. And everyone worked really hard to make that possible. And it's a new way to share and enjoy the content of the various programs we bring people. Yeah, well, that's good. So, well, welcome, uh, uh, belatedly, uh, a year and a half in, two years in. But, um, you know, it is that changing landscape that I, I think we, we want to address. And also, I think we begin with the, the notion that you're, you're director of multimedia contents. What, what does that mean, multimedia? Uh, well, the position originally was called, the, and the department is still kind of sort of called the Department of Radio and Television. We're still transitioning. But really, uh, to come into the new era of media, well, you don't just produce programs for radio or you, or for television. You produce them for a broad spectrum of social media and uh, different ways they can be shared. For example, the program that we're uh, watching right now on YouTube is being heard on radio, but it's also available in podcast form. So those are all different forms of media. So multimedia content is really a better explainer of what we do in the moment. Um, it's a term that if you're in the industry, if you're in the journalism industry, you're very familiar with it. Uh, however, if you know, you're know you just a, a consumer of news, you might not be as familiar with it. So uh, it's more a reflection of, of where the industry is going. When I say the industry, I mean the communications industry or the communications arm of our um, uh, archdiocese and for uh, most other churches and, and businesses throughout the United States. There, there's a, a wonderful opportunity to tell your own story instead of relying on other folks to tell their story. And if you take a look at the screen right now, you can see our YouTube page. And uh, we have an opportunity for you to uh, point and click and listen and watch our various programs, as well as the the different content that we produce. 
for the archdiocese and for the Office of Catholic Schools here in Chicago. And uh, all of that's available on your telephone, uh, on your cell phone. You just have to, you know, uh, take your phone like this and go to YouTube and you can see it or go to our Facebook page and you can see it or we also share it on our website. Uh, and uh, it's an enormous opportunity uh, to reach people where they are, when it's comfortable, uh, and to perhaps give them, um, we are the Catholic Church, perhaps help them pray, uh, perhaps help them on their faith journey, but also to shed a spotlight on the good works that the Archdiocese is doing. Yeah, you know, and as a, and as a modest YouTuber myself, you always want to say, click the subscribe button and set yourself for, for notifications so that you can be alerted to when the new stuff is posted on YouTube. And Vince, the, 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 the latter piece of what you were just talking about in terms of the story got to something I wanted to ask you about, and I, you, you may have already asked it, but let me come at it from a slightly different angle. You're not just throwing up data or facts and figures. You have a, you have a different purpose in, in what you are offering. Could, could you say something about why maybe this story and not another story? What, what animates the, uh, the decision to cover something, uh, this thing, as opposed to, to something else again? What, what drives well, you doing it? In the time that I've been here, a lot of the decisions that we're making uh, where we can send our staff to cover things has really been dictated by COVID. Because throughout the, the pandemic, people who normally get together for a fundraiser or normally get together for a seminar haven't been able to do that. So they've had to punt and come up with a plan B. And we've been there to help them put their plan B together. So I'll give you an example. We have uh, a program that uh, we partner with called Amate House. And what they do is they take uh, folks who graduated from college who want to spend a year in service. They're called fellows. And they go, they, they live at Amate House. And they might work in some of the ministries of the Archdiocese, for example. Um, we have a, uh, a program called Colby House that, that works with uh, inmates at Cook County Jail. Uh, it helps bring them uh, educational programs, seminars. Uh, it helps uh, get them ready to acclimate to the world outside the jail when they're released. And so an Amate House fellow will go work at Colby House. Um, and there are other opportunities uh, for fellows uh, through Amate House. Uh, and so they every year have a great big fundraiser and they couldn't have people live at their fundraisers. So what we did is we did two little mini documentaries, if you want to call them, or pieces or packages as with the lingo is in, in broadcast news. And, and we profiled what they did. So how does, how do, how, you know, to get back to your question, uh, how do we decide what to cover? So uh, the folks at Amate House wanted us to help them share their story and they had a really good story to tell. So we were able to tell it. Um, but in addition, it, it helped them meet, uh, solve a problem that they have. And the problem was they couldn't gather together to have this to have their fundraiser and to tell the stories that maybe someone might tell on a microphone uh, and use a PowerPoint or some pictures behind them. Well, we were able to produce information like that. So an awful lot of the media that we're producing right now uh, that's outside of our, our standard, you know, the, the radio slash video streams that you're watching, a lot of the extra that we're doing is helping to meet the challenge of the pandemic and because people can't get together. Uh, and so a lot of the times it's, we take a look at the organization that's asking for um, for assistance and we see what stories do, do they have. So for example, uh, CCHD, the Catholic Campaign for Human Development had a milestone year, I think they were marking their 
their 50th anniversary, and they needed some extra programming uh, on the good works that they do. And uh, part of what they do is they provide grants to uh, neighborhood organizations that work for affordable housing. And what we were able to do for to help them mark their 50th anniversary where they couldn't get together in person, but could get to, together virtually, is we put together uh, a few vignettes on people who have been uh, integral in getting the Catholic Campaign for Human Development together, getting funds to people that could uh, help uh, change people's lives by providing them grants for housing. So those are some of the stories we've been able to tell. And we would like to tell more, uh, sort of um, stepping up to the needs during the pandemic. You know, we have a small staff, so it's made us uh, have to make uh, more choices about where we where we can and can't send our cameras. And one of the biggest things we do, something that uh, was put into motion before I came here, but um, has really flourished uh, throughout the pandemic, or maybe I would say we've been able to step up to the challenge, is that we produce weekly masses that are broadcast. Uh, we produce them in English and, and in Spanish and in Polish, and they are broadcast live on uh, three separate uh, television stations here in the Chicago area. Our English mass uh, is broadcast on ABC on Sunday mornings, ABC7. Uh, we have a Spanish mass that is broadcast on uh, Unimas, which is the Univision secondary channel. And then we also have a Polish mass that's broadcast on Polvision. So we spend, I would say our crew spend about a day and a half all told each week putting together those masses. And your reach has really been uh, incredible. Our ratings for the English mass on ABC, um, we're reaching, we get like a 3.6. We're the highest rated program at that hour at 9.30 on uh, Sunday mornings. And a, a good portion of that is because of our partnership with ABC7. Um, and it's also um, uh, underwritten by Wintrust Bank. So that that allows us yeah. to be on there. Uh, and, but the, we get like a 3.6, 3.5. Each ratings point is 35,000 homes. So if you do the mass in homes, just in homes, we're well over 100,000 homes wow. that we're reaching with that mass. And there may be two, three people in, in some of these homes. Some, you know, some homes, there's one television set, there's 10 people watching. So, um, all right, Vince, we're going to, we're going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in here and uh, go, go to break and then we'll be back and pick up on uh, some of this information that you've been offering to us. So stay tuned and uh, we'll be back. Are you willing? Can you be baptized like I have been baptized? Are you Catholic Charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. 
Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities has continued to respond to the needs of people who come to us for assistance. More than 850,000 meals and food parcels have been offered to those who are struggling with food insecurity. Over 108,000 homelessness prevention hotline calls have been answered. Over 22,000 people have received mental health services and $2 million in financial assistance has been provided to keep people housed. If you or someone you know needs assistance, email us at gethelp at catholiccharities.net. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net. Or call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. And we are back, Deacon Richard Hudzik, joined by Deacon Dave Brensick and Mr. Vince Gerasoli uh, in conversation today, talking about uh, the church in Chicago and its interaction with uh, or use of media, both old and new. And Vince, I want to turn the corner a bit. We've got, uh, we've got 10 minutes left. Um, I want to do three things. One is I want to... Uh, talk about social media, what it is, and who's, who's using that. Second thing, I want to ask Dave to uh, jump in and uh, talk about, it's not an unmitigated blessing. There are some pitfalls, some things to be cautious about in terms of, of social media. Um, and then finally, if we have time, I want to ask you your insights on how to be a savvy uh, media consumer, because not all, not all media is created equal. Um, there's there's some pluses and minuses out there. So let's let's talk social media. Is is the church in Chicago um, utilizing this platform, and what is this platform? What's the variety that's that's out there? And when we're talking about social media, well, I think it's easy to lump all social media into one basket if you're not someone who's very well uh, connected to social media. So for someone who's just a, a casual consumer. 
it, it, I don't think it would be fair to say all social media is created equal for a variety of reasons. For example, if I told you, remember when you could go to the corner and there was a newsstand and there were all different kinds of papers and magazines that you could purchase, um, they weren't all the same, even though they were all printed on paper. So you need to think of social media like that. Uh, it, there are different people using different platforms to reach you in different ways. Um, how does the church communicate? Well, we have um, our official Archdiocese Facebook page. Uh, we also have uh, an Instagram uh, account where we uh, share nice pictures and, and uh, thoughts for the day. Uh, and then we also have, as I said before, we have our YouTube channel where we share our programming, programming like uh, we're producing right now. So those are some of the ways we reach people. And then individual parishes also have their own Facebook pages and their own um, TikTok accounts. Some, that's something that um, the youngest among us tend to use TikTok the most, but um, I would encourage everyone to use it because it's a great way to get in touch with uh, all different sorts of people and all different sorts of ideas. And you have to filter through the junk too. There's uh, there's uh, stuff in there that you might just find, uh, I don't know, a waste of your time, but there's also, uh, there are people creating Catholic content on there that people might find interesting. So it's, it's all about hunting and pecking and finding what you want, but really social media is one of the best ways to reach people now. I, in the pandemic world, not as many of us are in our parishes picking up our bulletins. Uh, and so social media, whether it's a way to see the, the church's bulletin in an electronic form uh, or the Facebook page, whether that's a way to find out uh, about uh, some sort of activity that's taking place in your parish uh, that people can join in on and volunteer on. Uh, or maybe there's some social activity taking place in your parish. That's a good way to reach people through social media. Yeah, and I, <clears throat> excuse me, the, uh, uh, the, the variety of, is when you, I've, I've seen some statistics that, that chart which age groups, which demographics are using which, uh, which form of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, the business people, on, maybe on LinkedIn, um, uh, pretty pictures on Pinterest, um, and you can you can kind of predict at least at this moment in time who is who you're likely to encounter. And I think one of the takeaways from this is that uh, not terribly surprisingly, but as as age increases, the percentage of that age cohort uh, using that media decreases. Um, so the younger the younger you are, the more likely you are going to be utilizing one form of social media or another. Some you are disinclined to use. I mean, you, you hear, maybe it's anecdotal, but you hear, oh, uh, oh Facebook, that's for, that's for the grandmas and the grandpas. I mean, that's what my, my 30-something-year-old children would say, that, uh, no, they're, they're into the, uh, the other form. Uh, TikTok and, uh, and, and Twitter would be more likely their, their speed. Um, so I don't do you, do you see that as well? I mean, if, if we're looking to uh, engage and communicate, that, that's what this is about, uh, we well, share the message. There's all different ways. Like, for example, let's talk about an individual parish. One of the easiest ways that a parish can communicate with their parishioners and with the general public is on a Facebook page. Uh, and if you keep that Facebook page vibrant, and by vibrant that means posting fresh pictures, of things that are going on at the church, or uh, maybe a cell, uh, it's a saint's day and you want to share um, uh, pastor or, or a member of the uh, uh, team at the church wants to share some thoughts on that saint's life, uh, you can post a picture with some thoughts. 
And yes, Facebook skews older, but that doesn't mean you should ignore it because right. it's, it's reaching a, a significant community. And then those folks have the ability to share it with other people who may be a bit younger or maybe a bit older than they are. But that's one of the easiest platforms uh, for parish uh, to, to share information about what's going on in the parish. And I believe the vast majority of the parishes uh, in the archdiocese have some sort of yeah. Facebook page. You always have to be careful, too, because the, you know, there's the ability for people to comment on those pages. They're not necessarily members of your parish. And um, so you have to monitor them uh, and you have to take a look at the comments section. Um, because, you know, sometimes people just like to say things that have nothing to do with uh, the post that you made. Or there's the ability to also turn off posts if you yeah. just, if yeah. all you want to do is share information. You don't really want it to be a discussion board. But you, you, you make a good point, and that is that, in a sense, you get out of it uh, what you put into it. If you're expecting people to visit your Facebook page, <clears throat> and the last thing that was new was uh, nine months ago, well, that's not how that works. Um, so yeah, it, it takes some initiative and some uh, some some get go to, to to keep the thing updated so people so that there's something there that would uh, justify my taking the time to do this. I want It's also a way to create community. I mean, that's that's whether let's pretend the pandemic is in the rearview mirror and we're all still going. You know, we're able to get back to mass and. We're able to go to a, a fundraiser on a Friday night or um, uh, take a parish trip uh, somewhere to a retreat. With Facebook is still a way or social media is still a way to build community, to stay connected with people when they can't be a part of those other activities. Yeah. And the more you build community, I mean, the better. I mean, it's 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 communicating with your family. Yeah, yeah. I want to jump. I uh, have Dave jump Vince, in is here. There, uh, Vince, is there like a downside to social media? You know, yes, it builds community, but is there... What's the downside to it? Well, I mean, the downside is clearly when it, it starts becoming a place to harass people. And that's why you have to, if you're going to put um, posts on uh, related to parish activities, uh, that uh, you, you may want to uh, make sure you have to monitor the comments. Because there are some people who are going to come in and make comments that perhaps have absolutely nothing to do uh, with your um, with what you're posting. It's just that they're... If people are out there trolling is the word a lot of people use. So you have to be sure to, that you monitor the com the comments. And, uh, you know, sometimes it, there's the ability to turn comments off. If all you want to do is post information and you want to let people know what's going on, um, that's a choice you have. And that's an individual choice that each parish would have to make. Uh, but as long as uh, if you're worried about the downsides of it, I focus more on the positive sides of it. Uh, it's really a wonderful way to, to reach people. And, you know, it's really hurting some folks that they can't get to church right now. They're afraid to get to church. Um, and they're, they're searching for a way to, to be as spiritual as possible uh, and, and a way to be as faithful as possible. And if you can do that uh, through an app on your phone, if you can do that by joining us on one of our social media platforms, I think that far outweighs the disadvantages. If you're a consumer of social media, you just always have to consider the source. Uh, and and um, I think this goes uh, beyond anything we would put out as an archdiocese. But if you're going to decide to read an article, you should know who wrote that article, when it was written, uh, what source is sharing it, what source is publishing it. And then you can make your decision if it comes from a traditionally uh, respected source of information, then you know how much you can trust it. Uh, if you don't know 
the source that's originally sharing it, go to a search engine like a Google and put in the name, like for example, if, if you saw an article that was written by Vince Girasoli and shared on the VinceGirasoli.com website, well, if you go in and you type that name and then you uh, see, you find out more about that website and who the people are who are running it, and then you can make your own decisions about how much you can trust it and how uh, factual it is. Yeah, no, that, that's that's good, Vince, and that kind of gets gets to where I wanted to end up, and that's how to be a, a savvy consumer of of the media. Um, as a media professional, you spent years in the uh, in in this industry. Where do you think most people, if they're not getting it, if they're not turning to the Arch Chicago uh, outlets, where are we getting our information, and is, is that a problem? Is to as to these alternative sources of, of information. Well, are you talking about information on the archdiocese or just information in general? Information about our faith. I, I, sometimes I, I guess where I'm coming from is sometimes there's a, a, a surprise on my part that, that people's uh, information about their faith um, is, can be from a source that's not terribly reliable. Um, or it's from a source that 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 has a has an agenda to uh, to distort. Well, let's put it this way: if you were going to be, start making friends with someone, you wouldn't just make friends with someone on the basis of "oh, I saw them on the corner and we had a nice chat, and I'm going to invite them out for a coffee." Your friendship would grow over time. You would probably try to learn a little bit more about that person, uh, and that's how you become friends, and that's how you. Prefer that you um, create bonds. And so I'll kind of sort of draw that same analogy with your information source, even if it's a, um, a religious information source. Uh, if, if you find that you're reading something that, that pertains to the Catholic Church and you want to know, can you truly believe everything that's in this article or, um, or a, a, is the article as factual as possible, then, as I said before, when I was talking about general media, Google the name of the author. And then read what you can about the author. Yeah, that's that's good. Name and then read what you can about the source. And as you educate yourself about source, then you have a better idea about, oh, you know what? I feel comfortable returning to that source for more information. Okay. Or you might say, you know what? It, the, this source is a little bit that doesn't really always have their facts straight. Or maybe they have too much of a point of view. Uh, and you might choose to get your information from somewhere else. But it's all about doing your research so that you know that the source you're reading is a source yeah, you feel that's, comfortable that's 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 a good point and let's 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 close with that because vince you're telling us that there is good stuff out there but be smart about it um you're, you're seeking to improve your faith you know by their fruits you shall know them if this if this is leading you to a life of joy and and, and fullness in the lord you can give it the benefit of the doubt but if it's if it's hateful if it's spiteful if it's trolling uh, do your do your homework before you swallow it. Uh, uh, so thank you, uh, thank you, Vince. Thank you, David. And uh, that's that's a wrap. I don't know. Is that is that what they say in, in the showbiz? But God, God bless you all. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Vince.